is not a right, it is a privilege. God is so merciful. Looking forward to what God has in store tonight. Appreciate the singing, the work. God bless you. And I hope you came tonight wanting to hear something out of God's Word. You shouted all Sunday morning. I saw you. So if you left your shout when Brother Lindsay left the state, you really need to come to the altar tonight, all right? Last time I checked, the last time I checked, no preacher has the license, the sole license of worship and shout and anointing and inspiration. That's right. Only Jesus Christ alone. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. So here we go tonight. If you're going to go out and be dismissed for our class or whatever, go ahead. And we're going to open the Bible. No more song, no more music, please. But we're going to open our Bibles tonight to the book of Deuteronomy and also the Gospel of Matthew. Deuteronomy and Matthew. We shouted Sunday, let's learn something tonight. How's that sound? We shouted, we worshiped God, but yesterday's gone. Saying, so let's learn something tonight. Amen. Deuteronomy 28. Hallelujah. If you have that, say amen. amen. Deuteronomy 28 and 8. Writer Moses said, The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Read that with me out loud. Ready? One more time. Deuteronomy 28, verse 8. The Lord shall command the blessing upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto. And he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Then Matthew 19, set a bit of a contrast in motion here. Matthew 19, verse 21 and 22. And Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell all that you have and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven and come, follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. I'm going to preach tonight from this thought, prosperity or materialism, question mark. Prosperity or materialism, question mark. your way, Lord. Hallelujah. So true. So true. Yes, Lord. Help us, God, tonight. Give you all the praise. Give you all the glory. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, look at somebody, your neighbor, preferably, and say, prosperity or materialism. God bless you. You may be seated. line 
between being blessed by God materially and being consumed by a spirit of materialism. You might be a child of God tonight, you might be a minister, you might be a preacher of the gospel, a teacher, whatever, but no one is free from the possibility of becoming materialistic. You might be a praying man, a praying sister, but we still have to watch out for that spirit of materialism. You do know that God blesses his people tonight, right? That God will seek you out personally, we've heard so much about it already, and individually, for the sole purpose of blessing you. And sometimes those blessings are material things. As a matter of fact, I want to encourage you tonight, don't ever apologize for what God has blessed you with. The Bible said, Psalm 1 verse 3, that whatever you do will prosper. So how dare we think that we need to apologize to somebody because God gave us the best job. God gave us that promotion. God gave us a good raise. Why would you apologize if you know God opened the door of bounty for you and gave it to you personally? I'm saying if you serve the Lord tonight, he's going to bless you. It may not happen the moment you drop that check in the, in, the, in the plate, but God's blessings are residual. What you sow today as a seed may come back on you next month, next year. But rest assured, God's going to bless his people. There is no sin in the prosperity things that God puts in your life. Unfortunately, a few people, television preachers and radio preachers and maybe people you know on a local level, have soured the subject for many people because of lifestyles and lack of control, etc., etc. But it doesn't take away from the reality that God wants to bless you. And some of those people wants, that God wants to bless are even preachers. John verse 2, the Bible said, Brother Carlos, I wish above all things. John said, I wish above all things that you would prosper. Above all things, Brother Lance? So God wants to bless you, and God's men said he wants to bless you. And be in health even as your soul prospers. If you're taking notes tonight, you might want to write down Deuteronomy 28, verse 2, which said, God told Moses, and the scripture said, that his blessing will overtake you. You might be humble, hairy, and all that, but the fact of the matter is this, if you're loyal to God, if you're serving the Lord to the best of your ability, his blessing will outrun your humility. His blessing will overtake you. It will. Now let me just throw this little commercial in here, if I may, since I already opened the subject. 
First Timothy 5.17, King James, and then we'll jump to contemporary English version, please. Bible said, Paul wrote, let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. I'm not apologizing for this. This is the word of God that you said will never return void. That the elders who rule well are worthy of double honor. Now I got news for you. There's a Greek base beyond all of this English rendering. And the CEV is closer than the KJV. Show us, please, tonight about this honor subject. It's not honoring your pastor and thank you for all that you do. I know that, I know that you're giving out of the love for, of your heart. and Thank you so much. But this is closer to the Greek rendering than the KJV. Church leaders who do their job well deserve to be paid. Well, we don't like to talk about that. We want to preach that in somebody else's pulpit. But that's in your Bible, my friend. Twice as much, especially if they work hard at preaching and teaching. Is that, is that, am I making that to say something it did not say? I'm telling you this. As a man of God, you can't outrun the blessing of God. And I'm talking about material blessings that God. Are all forms of blessing material? No, of course not. But some of them are. I can mind my manners tonight. This is going to go on the podcast so you can listen to it later and find out that what you said I said is not actually what I said. <laughs> Paul said it, that if they labor, if they work hard, if they do their job well, that means some don't, that they're worthy of double honor, and it means more than we give honor to you. It means put your money where your mouth is. That's what it means. Is this too straight for, for Wednesday night, I guess? You can turn Caleb on the way home and make your, your heart feel so much better. Because they'll, they'll cushion your thoughts and pad your feelings. Praise the Lord. But we all need to be cautious about crossing that line and becoming all about possessions. I told you, we can't deny, Brother Nate Wisdom, we can't deny that God's going to bless you. Lay member or minister, God is looking for ways to bless you. But we have to be careful that we don't cross that line and become all about the blessing or the possession. Possessions. Material things. Right? It's Jesus that also said, Luke 12, 15, that a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of things that he possesses. Look at the scrutinizing looks returning to me here, right, Brother Churchill. A life, life that we possess doesn't, it isn't explained or exhibited in just possessions. There's more to life than things we see or touch or taste or feel or hear. But, the things that we call blessings of prosperity from God. I'm not talking about getting wealthy and rich and fat and sassy. I'm talking about being prosperous. And if you're growing, you're being prosperous. They are sent or given for the leisure, if I can use that word, of this life, this world. 
Matthew 6, 33, Jesus said, seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things. Things. All these things. Shall be added. Jesus didn't say, live in a cardboard box. He said, these things will be added as long as you get your priorities right. As long as I am first in your life. All these things shall be added. He's talking about blessings of things in this world, Brother Walter. He's not talking about streets of gold right here and walls of jasper and gates of pearl. He's talking about blessings in this world. Please, please, I'm taking for granted you know that, that people that don't serve the Lord, people that don't support the work of God, people that don't live for the Lord, if they practice good mathematical budgeting in their life, they can prosper as well. They don't live beyond their means and don't blow money on stupid things. I mean, I'm not their God. They can do what they want with their money. But I'm saying if you just practice good habits, even in this life without God, you can progress in life. Can't you? I don't think it's the case anymore, but it used to be when you bought a buck knife. Brad Bullock, my, my, my treasured lifelong friend, nearly lifelong friend, years ago bought me a buck knife from J.C. Penney. His mother worked there. And, he, and we were like 14, 13. He bought it for me for Christmas. And we, I can remember him and I looking in that penny store on Fifth Avenue at that little, little piece of paper that was in every buck knife sold. It was about the size of those, what are those things that come in fortune cookies? I guess fortunes or something. Little, oh, look at me like you don't. Look at me like you don't look at those things. God forgive them. I don't do that. That's not Christian. But inside of every buck knife, there was one of those little pieces of paper. And whoever the originator, the founder of that company, gave praise to God and pay, talked about paying tithes on every dollar made in the buck knife corporation. I can remember as a 14, 13, 14 year old boy thinking, what's that all about? People in this world, whether they know truth or not, can tap into being blessed and prospered by God also. It is very true. But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. These things are things in this life, Brother Anthony. Anybody ever heard of Frank Sinatra? You younger people, he was an icon in his day and probably still is in the music industry. Frank Sinatra said this when asked about why he gave away such a valued yacht to someone he never knew, a yacht, Y-A-C-H-T. He said, listen, my friend, never own something that you can't give away, otherwise it owns you. Never own anything that you can't give away, otherwise it owns you. Materialism. Got to have more. Man, so where's that line? Where's the line between being prospered and blessed by God and being materialistic? Where is it? I believe myself it's a different place, different location in every one of our lives. Some people can 
grow and progress and get things, and you'd never know it. They're still humble. They, they don't have any problem using their brand new car to pick up people of less fortune than them for church. They don't have any problem, you know, using things, realizing they're just material. Some people can be blessed with things, material possessions, and you would never know it. They stay humble. But this word, Brother Churchill, if anything's ever dropped into my spirit, this word dropped into it when I was hunting one day at the cabin this August, this September. That line is individually placed, and we place it wherever it is. Some acquire things, and you never know it. Abraham was rich, wasn't he? Solomon was wealthy. Job was wealthy. Joseph of Arimathea was wealthy. So don't tell me you have to be poor to be serving God, otherwise you must be sinning. You don't know your Bible. I'm not saying it's all about possessions. God's going to bless you, though. And then there are people that acquire things, and it starts an avalanche of materialism in their life. The more they get, the more they want. This word drops into my spirit, and I'll explain it briefly. Not trying to sound charismatic or super spiritual, but it's like a light was turned on in my soul when I was walking this trail one day. Some are chasing more at the expense of less. More money, but less church. More entertainment, but they haven't read their Bible in a month. More things, but less God. Some are chasing more at the expense of less. The prophet said they put their money into bags that have holes in them. First Timothy 6, verse 10, we'll read again, both translations, says, please. For the love of money, King James, he didn't say money. I'm not taking up a collection, but I'm teaching straight from your Bible. The love of money, that's materialism. That's, that's, that's that line being crossed of wanting more, 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 at any expense, more. You've got you to put this in your brain and wrap, wrap your heart around this for a moment. Is the root of all evil, not some evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. That lust for more. That ambition to gain no matter what the cost. I'm talking about either being blessed and prospered by God or somehow in life just chasing more no matter what it costs. You'd be surprised how many people sitting next to you tonight might be doing just that thing. How many people up here might be doing that thing. Hmm. The love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they've erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Contemporary, please, English version. Look at this now. This is powerful. The love of money causes all kinds of trouble. Does it say money causes trouble? 
No, it's that thing that no one can see. It's the drive, the, the evil intention. Love of money causes all kinds of trouble. Some people want money so much that they've given up their faith and caused themselves a lot of pain. Prosperity, because of God's bounty that you can't outrun, or just chasing possessions. It might be difficult for me, you and I to find that line in every life, but I know where it's at in my life because when I cross it, I know I've crossed it. Some people volunteer for overtime no matter, no matter, no matter how much church they have to miss. Here we go again, all right? I got to explain everything. Sometimes you get financial emergencies. Sometimes the furnace goes out and you weren't expecting to have to shell out $1,000 to have heat in January. Why doesn't furnace ever go out in July, furnace man? Huh? It's rigged. It's conspiracy, you furnace guys. You don't plan on those things. You don't, you don't know they're coming. And so you have nothing to get out of the bank to pay the bill with. And so maybe occasionally, with great exception, you have to take that overtime. You need to pay that bill and get heat in the house. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people who routinely, who routinely putting, their, putting church attendance on the line all because they want a new rifle. Want a faster snow machine. On a bigger truck. Some people chase more at the expense of less. Hmm. More worldly things, less godly things. And I thank God for working people. I've said that until the cows come home and then return back wherever they went. Thank God for working people. If you don't work, you shouldn't eat. Paul said that. That's what he said. And Nehemiah 4, verse 6, the people had a mind to work. Thank God. Watch, but I didn't watch, but I, I saw him as I was coming and going today. The man out here on the, on the south end of the building working those 20-foot pieces of metal all by himself. Thank God for Brother Stacy. I know you had help yesterday, or whatever it was, I know that, but thank God he gets up and goes to work even though no one's promising him help. Thank God for working people. You know what Jesus said, though, Mark 8, 36 and 7? He said, what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what shall a man, verse 37, give in exchange for his soul? What can you get out there by more work, more giving of godly time to acquire? What's going to satisfy us? Again, thank God we work. Thank God we pay our bills. Thank God you get up and go to work every morning, commute on that highway. Thank God you're faithful. I'm so happy for you. I, I, I can't tell you how, how much that little light of joy comes on in my soul every time I see you down at Fred Meyer. Just hanging in there. Well, it may not be something that others think is a career job, but you're working. Every time I go in there and see you, you're busy. 
Thank God for people who just go to work. They just do what's right. Work supplies the need for this life. Someone said, you ever saw a U-Haul following, right, a hearse? You can't take it with you. It's not original. I'm going to tell you the truth. I heard Billy Graham say it years ago, so I may as well just give him credit, right? It's, it's a pretty good thing to say. Remind you of a story in Numbers 21. The people of God had got tired of their diet, their geography, the conditions of life. So they started griping about God to one another. God cared about me, he wouldn't put me through this financial difficulty. If God cared about my family, he wouldn't put my kids through this hell on earth. And the Bible said after that they started talking about Moses. So now they're grumbling about God and they're grumbling about their leadership. And the Bible said God put a stop to it. That's my words. But this is how he did it, Numbers 21, 4 through 9. Don't go there, but you can write that down and check it out later if you notes. God sent fiery serpents among Israel. Serpents. Fiery serpents. And it would bite. God's, these, these snakes would bite God's people. Why would, why would God do that? Sometimes lessons take a little tough love, don't they? Good thing God isn't some of us the way we parent. They bit the people of God, and the Bible said they were dying. And when they repented, they came to Moses and said, oh, my goodness, we have brought this on ourselves. We're sorry. Forgive us. And God, at that moment, instructed Moses how to fix it. Don't you love it? When people turn around, turn away from the world and back to repentance, God has a plan immediately how to fix it. And God, God told Moses... God told Moses, sister, he said, you, you go down and make a, get a pole, get a, and on the top of that pole, make a brazen, a brass serpent. And you carry that thing in the camp. And whenever John Doe gets bit by those snakes that I sent for the judgment of gossip, he said, you tell them they want to live they got to look on that bra- brazen serpent. If they can just make their way to wherever that, that image of that serpent is, they'll live. But God had a plan. And this, this image, this obedience of Moses to create this thing of brass was going to be what saved their lives. Now, fast forward 700 years, 700 years, and there's a king of Judah named Hezekiah. And Hezekiah finds that brazen serpent for centuries, Brother Carlos. Israel has begun to, has not only began, but they carried on this ritual of worshiping that golden, that brazen serpent. Too many thoughts trying to come out my mouth at the same time. 
they, they took that thing that God blessed them with and turned it into a shrine or something to worship. And so Hezekiah goes in and gets that thing in 2 Kings 18.4, and he breaks that thing to pieces. Because the thing that was intended to be a blessing to the people of God had become a stumbling block to them. What was supposed to bless you caused you to stumble in the presence of God. God doesn't give you a good job so that you can worship that money and look at that account and, and polish your buttons and medals and look down on other people. God gives you those things to bless you in this life. Oh, the problem becomes this in society. We start turning the blessing that's meant to be temporal into something that we think is eternal. That's not about right. That's exactly out of your Bible. God gave them deliverance, and they turn around and worship the things. They worship the thing. Brother Lance, it's better to love the blesser than to worship the blessing. It's better to love him than to make a shrine out of the things he gives you in this life. Things come and go. I got news for you. People come and go. But it's better to love him. Dedicate your life to him. The blessings, you can't, you can't stop them from coming. My dad used to tell me when I first started preaching, Brother Churchill, and I didn't understand the magnitude of it then. My grandpa on my mom's side, apostolic preacher. My dad's brother, 50 years a pastor, raised in church. He said, he said, apostolic people may have good jobs and make a lot of money. He said, but there's always a need somewhere. And he said, most preachers I know haven't got enough money to put together most of the time because they give it to an offering, they give it to a need, they give it to a family. I'm not saying that's the case with everybody. I'm just saying that the things he gives you aren't supposed to be locked away in some vault as if they're going to help us somewhere beyond this life. Are you saying we shouldn't plan for retirement? No, I'm not saying that, of course. But they began to worship and offer sacrifices to the brazen serpent, Brother Walter. We're supposed to use the blessings, not worship the blessings. They're momentary. They're just for the here and now. This is why Jesus said, in my opinion at least, given it shall be given unto you, Luke 6, 38. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. The same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. He's talking about this life. This life. Jesus doesn't tell us or ask of us what he did. The rich young ruler, go sell everything you have. Come follow me. He doesn't ask us that. Some of us, some people live like the bumper sticker say, says, he that dies with the most toys wins. 1 Timothy 
He gives us all things richly to enjoy. That's this life right here, Brother Lance. Why would you apologize to me because you drive a new car? Why would you think that's necessary? I'll tell you what I want to know is people that, that never get anywhere in life. If a shepherd, if I can be your shepherd, I'm saying, are you supporting the work of God? You're telling me you've been serving God all these years and you're no better off now than you were 20 years ago? Something's awry here. Something is amiss here. summarize right here for you. Let me. The thin line between being prospered. Boy, there's no shouting going on here tonight, is there? Brother West, come back. They're, they're not shouting for me tonight. The thin line between, between being prospered by God's blessing and materialism is this. When those things start to change who you are. Many times have you known someone got a new job, got a promotion, moved into the nicer neighborhood of the community, and suddenly you didn't know them anymore, didn't answer your phone calls, they wouldn't want to go out to lunch anymore. Things changed them. There's the line with, that every one of us have in our life, but it's different for you than it is me, Brother Marshall. When things start to change you, your prosperity from God, your blessings from on high have turned into materialism. That's why we want more than. Nothing wrong with wanting more. But when it changes us, our priorities change. Then it becomes sinful. Deuteronomy 8.18, it is God that gives you power to get wealth. That he may establish his covenant. Don't tell me God doesn't want to bless you with materials in this world. I know he does. I know he will. But they're just temporal things we use. Just temporal things. Everything that we love today, all the possessions we have, they're all going to burn one day. Hallelujah. Are you prospering under God's blessings or are you just being materialistic? Mr. Wearsby said this, and I quote, Men were created to worship God, love their fellow man, and use things. Unfortunately, he says, today in the church, we ignore God, we use people, and we worship things. I'm blessed tonight. You're prosper tonight. Thank God. Thank God. Would you lead us in that chorus? I am blessed. You have the words, throw them on the screen, please.
I'm so blessed. I'm so blessed. And like the writer said, someone quoted it in the preliminaries. He'll open the windows of heaven when you're faithful in support. You know what that means, Brother Tostin? That means before you're faithful, the windows are closed, right? Doesn't it? Has to mean, it has to mean that. <laughs> so you sing it again, sir, please. Let's stand and join him.